0: Donald Trump was deposed today in Manhattan in connection with the New York Attorney General's civil fraud lawsuit seeking at least $250 million. What have we learned about the deposition other than Donald Trump is a whiny, traitorous criminal and that New Yorkers completely embarrassed him. When he arrived, we will discuss. Donald Trump filed a disgusting, frivolous $500 million lawsuit against his former attorney and current Midas Touch Network host on political beatdown, Michael Cohen, and Donald Trump attacked the Midas Touch Network. In the complaint, there was an entire section called podcasts. (laughs) We'll talk about that on this episode. Special counsel Jack Smith continues his criminal investigation into Donald Trump's criminal election interference and Trump's theft of thousands of government records. Trump can't handle the heat as his crimes continue to be exposed. And he's like haunted by jack smith there he is dominion's 1.6 billion dollar defamation trial against fox has officially started in delaware superior court with jury selection taking place today on thursday this comes after fox was sanctioned by the judge for hiding key evidence including smoking gun audio recordings, which Fox did not produce during discovery, but just so happened to be discovered the day before trial. Also, a U.S. Army Air National Guardsman was arrested for leaking highly classified documents on the internet. It turns out that the Guardsman was a right-wing extremist, who led a discord group on the internet, where in addition to sharing racist memes and where he called himself OG, he shared our military secrets. Now, Republican leaders like Marjorie Taylor Greene and others are rushing to this traitor's defense, saying that he is a white male Christian and an enemy of the Biden regime who should therefore be protected. That is a direct quote coming from Republican leadership. I kid you not. Also, I kid you not, Ron DeSantis was in Ohio talking about how he is destroying the woke While massive floods devastated Florida in the Fort Lauderdale region, DeSantis was completely missing in action. He was too busy whining about Disney characters and Mr. Potato Head to care about his state. This as he has been begging members of Florida's Republican congressional delegation to not support Donald Trump yet. And this shouldn't shock you based on all of that news new polling that has come out this week has been absolutely devastating for the modern day republican party as americans in mass are just rejecting this maga republican takeover of the party that they're too extreme and now americans are saying we just want normal people we just want compassion we just want intelligence and right now that's being embodied by only One major political party, the Democratic Party. We'll also talk about some other Biden and Democratic Party wins on this episode. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Brett and Jordy Micellis. A lot of news to discuss, fellas, but I'll tell you. The wheels of justice are turning in the right direction. There was a lot of buildup, a lot of it's you know, we would tell the mighty out there, mighty, just you wait. It's coming. It's coming. And
1: here it is, folks. Hi. It's 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 certainly coming. It's uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something, folks, this is the Midas touch by. I thought, I thought there was something coming there. So I was hi. waiting for you, Ben. But just hi. folks. Hi. Hi. hi, a little. Uh, hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? Hi. No, hi. Yeah, hey. I just just trying to keep up with the news today has been a full-time job in and of itself. So much coming down the pipeline, so much coming off the wire. And you just see as things continue to turn in the right direction as far as justice is concerned and as things get closer to Trump, as things get closer to the people around Trump, as the polls continue to shift in the Democrats' favor and move away from the Republicans, really like we've never seen before, what are we seeing? Republicans go in the complete opposite direction. Republicans Mm -hmm. completely losing their mind, kind of doing everything possible to shoot themselves in the foot along the way. And you just feel like they're desperate. They see the walls are closing in. They see that the American people are fleeing them in droves. So they're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? How how do we, how do we win in this environment? Well, America's leaving us, you know, they like to say real America. We real America. Well, guess what? Real America is leaving the Republican Party. People have no faith in this extremist Republican Party that bears no resemblance to the Republican Party of the past. And so the Republican Party goes, OK, I guess we're the party of cat turd now. I guess that's uh, we're just <laughs> going to appeal to cat turd. That's that's our plan as the Republican Party. So uh, good luck. Uh, and just with, so you
0: know, with, Brett, when you talk about cat turd, because, you know, uh, for those longtime listeners and, and viewers <laughs> of the. My I I forget that some people might not even know what I mean. They'll know the reference. So you got to explain what a cat turd is.
1: Uh, Okay. I should probably explain. Cat turd is the preeminent MAGA influencer on social media. You heard that right. And he uses an avatar uh, that is a picture of a cat. He calls himself cat turd. He's on uh, Donald Trump's platform. He is on Twitter. And he's currently, as we speak, I think on Don Jr.'s podcast. Don't turn that dial. I know you're tempted. But uh, cat turd currently on the Don Jr. podcast, where Don Jr. suggested, and I'm not kidding here. Don Jr. suggested that cat turd should be Donald Trump's press secretary, and he was going to suggest that to Donald Trump for uh, you know for the future. So that's the reality of the Republican Party for you, Jordy. How are you today,
2: brothers? Might is mighty. I'm doing well. I got to address something right off the bat. All right. I know you guys, based on what we spoke about last episode, you guys are having secret calls without me. You guys are going to the movies without me. Did you guys have a secret call where we're like, hey, white shirts today. We're only going to wear white shirts and Jordy's going to wear his his New York uh, Met shirt and it's going to be orange and he's going to look ridiculous because he didn't get the white shirt memo. Is that what happened? Well, no,
1: but why thing, are you doing Jordy, the hang loose with your hands while you speak?
2: Because <laughs> both of you guys are talking Oh, At you're the doing that time. phone? You yeah, know, what's phone. funny.
1: So you know what I learned? Uh, you know, Not talking- funny.
2: I know exactly what you're yeah, about yeah. to say. Okay, Tell so, everybody because it's Okay. Terrifying. So the
1: podcast audience, this is an, a little uh, social experiment that you could do uh, around your house or, or out and about. Okay. So Ben, how would you, if you were miming that you were on the phone, how would you mime that you're on the phone? Oh, BS! You saw, saw that <laughs> video. You're such a um, jerk. Why would you ruin it? Why would you ruin it? Ben, 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 completely ruins it. So yeah, so you know, most people our age, you know, are seasoned vets over here, you'd put what the two fingers, right? You put your thumb up, you put your pinky up to your head. That's how you do the phone, right? Well, if you ask somebody in Gen Z to mime a phone, they put their palm up to their face. Uh, I hope I'm describing it okay. They put their palm up to their face like this because they're only used to having iPhones growing up, and and that's like a across the board with a lot of things in life. They actually mime things differently than our generation and older generations do it. And it just, it trips you out and you realize, oh man, I'm, these generations are, uh, you know, it's a whole different ball game now, folks
0: in my last lecture that i had at at, uh at the law school where i teach and i teach a class to undergrads so they're all about 19 20 you know you know some of them are 21. i had a guest speaker who was talking about america online because he had created one of the first shows for america online and so i was just telling the class i said does anybody here know what he's referring to with America Online? Not a single person even knew what AOL was. Oh, Never heard of America Online. Meanwhile,
1: I'm on like on TikTok. I'm on like 90s nostalgia talk where they like play. You got mail. <laughs> you know all that those noises. Salty, our uh, our producer here, is informing me. He's a a proud member of Gen Z. He's he's informing me that it's like holding a brick. That's how his generation mm. does it. It's like holding a holding no, a brick, not, like not, was... not, not not the straight palm, but like, <laughs> but like you're holding a brick. So. So I just need I need to get the facts, you know, to the to the Midas Mighty out here. But yeah, well, you, you,
0: you, you talk about holding a brick. How about the New York Attorney General? Dropping, dropping a brick on over. Donald Trump. Donald Trump arrived in Manhattan earlier on Thursday to, I think he actually arrived the evening before, but uh, to have his deposition taken in connection with the New York Attorney General's civil fraud lawsuit, um, he began by posting a number of like really like just deranged and despicable stuff about the Attorney General. Do, do you have some of these posts? I mean, we could just pick up anyone at random. Unfortunately, um, I
1: do have it. You know. I find it very curious that, uh, you know, when Donald Trump has to go to New York for something like a deposition, he's able to just sneak in quietly in the dead of night. But it's a whole scene and he goes, Oh, it's such a circus. I can't be treated fairly here. It's such a circus. Just a-. And when, when he was getting arrested the other day, I just find that kind so, of So let's, like, let's take the one where of- he
0: says he just arrived, where he goes, Just arrived in Manhattan. We, we, no one was asking, okay? Just first of all. I, you know. <laughs> Like, I appreciate you sharing that, but like, we legitimately don't care. Just arrived in Manhattan for a deposition in front of New York State's racist Trump-hating Attorney General Letitia Peekaboo James in another unjust and ridiculous persecution of the 45th President of the United States. I built a great and prosperous company, employed blah, 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 built magnificent structures all over the world, but particularly in New York, and now have to prove it to this lowlife who campaigned on an I will get Trump platform then he just kind of just keeps on going on and on and on there's other ones where he goes the good thing about the ag peekaboo james persecution is that i will finally be able to show what a great profitable and valuable company i built Yeah, actually some of the greatest real estate assets anywhere in the world her effort in strict coordination and association with the lying country killing scum working in the white house and now discredited district attorney alvin bragg will prove to be fake and even fraudulent. Her only hope is that she shopped a judge as bad as her. Well, maybe first and foremost, continuing to attack the judges um, and the prosecutors and the attorney general, not normal, likely unlawful. By the way, like Justice Arthur Ngoron is a very well-respected judge. Countless people every day go before Justice Arthur and Goron. if you have a case in Manhattan, like widely viewed as just like a very normal and fair judge. Only Donald Trump can go in front of Arthur and Goron and like hate the person. Um, so I just want to say that first about Arthur and Goron, you know, and then attacking Alvin Bragg and then these like racist statements that he makes about um, about Letitia James, and you know, continuing harassment, continuing threats. By the way, all of this ends up being evidence that's ultimately used um, by the attorney general and by the Manhattan District Attorney in their cases. But you know who was watching? Um, This deposition very carefully, though, and closely, although he wasn't in the room, Alvin Bragg. And by the way, this is precisely why Alvin Bragg did not initially prosecute Donald Trump for the financial valuation crimes and instead focused first on the crimes relating to the hush money payments and the falsification of business records because it was a very smart and savvy move. Because Donald Trump, if he invoked his Fifth Amendment rights here like he previously did back in August when he was deposed by New York Attorney General um, Letitia James, that would constitute an adverse inference against him. And she would be able to just tell the jury, hey, jury, he's pleading the fifth. It's a civil case you can basically rule against him and infer that he's engaged in the misconduct based on invoking the fifth. And obviously with Donald Trump, the most important thing to him is not this country, is not the truth, is his money, right? So Alvin Bragg knew he was going to show up to this deposition and probably testify. Because if he didn't, he's definitely going to lose the New York Attorney General case. And he's being sued for billions—you know, $250 million, but she's likely going to ask for billions of dollars. And it seems based on what we we've learned is that he did indeed testify um, for at least you know seven hours. And so that transcript is now additional evidence that Alvin Bragg used. And let me say this, if Alvin Bragg brought charges based on the financial fraud, Donald Trump would have been able to delay. The uh, the the case by Letitia James, because he would have argued, given that there were pending criminal charges, that that should be stayed while um, while the criminal case plays out. So it was actually a strategically very brilliant move for Alvin Bragg to wait to avoid having the New York attorney general case delayed and also gathering the additional information. When people go, oh, eight-dimensional chess, three-dimensional chess, they always use it in like BS times when like it's not (laughs) – this really was – This Mm -hmm. really was the right move, though, because now you got his depot. You could use the depot. Now, if you're going to bring criminal charges, it didn't delay Letitia James case That's set to go to trial October 2nd. And Alvin Bragg still brings a criminal case for falsifying business records regarding the hush money payments. That right there, that's some intelligent stuff.
1: Yeah, that, I mean it's 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 basically like a checkmate right there. You know, here here here's what I'm what I was thinking when I saw this, and you could let me know if I'm on the right track here. But it seems like Trump was kind of in a catch twenty two today um, because he didn't really have a good decision to be made at the end of the day. Because if he kept if if he went with you, you guys remember what he was like in his last deposition where he was just a fifth 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 after years and years and years of Donald Trump saying only the mob pleads the fifth, you only plead the fifth if you're a criminal. Why would they plead? the fifth. You only plead the fifth, you're a criminal. Well, if Donald Trump pleaded the fifth here, that could have been used as an adverse inference against him in the case, because this is not the criminal case. This is the civil case. And that would have been ultimately just absolutely devastating to his business. Uh, Letitia James could have told uh, the jury on that case right there. Um, You know, He could have used that as evidence and it would have been game over for Trump right there. But if he speaks He could incriminate himself further, and he could help brag. He could assist in brag getting more evidence that he need to bring his criminal financial fraud cases here. So it's
0: Exactly, Brett. And look, the case is very document-based, right? Like Letitia James has his statement of financial conditions, right? And so she also has the appraised values that were done, and then she also has Trump's valuations. So it's very document-based of saying, okay, here's your statement. statement of financial condition. Why did you put that on your statement of financial condition? Okay, but the appraised value is that. Why did you put Different. Why did you lie about the square footage of your apartment? Why did you lie about you know this easement? Why did you lie about this? And then you just sit back and just let him talk because frankly, it's all there in the you know in the documents. And so I am definitely eager to learn what Donald Trump said in that deposition. But I just want you all to know at home who are watching or wherever you're listening and watching this that that was the move. That's why. You know, Mark Pomerance and Carrie Dunn, who like wanted Alvin Bragg to file it right away, they weren't thinking through the next steps right there. Mm. And and if you would have filed it early, like Pomerance wanted, just think about this. You never would have got a deposition of Donald Trump where he talked about it because he would have just invoked the fifth in the criminal case and you would have delayed Letitia James' case, which if she wins, if the AG's case wins. Trump organizations done doing business in New York, the Trump kids are done doing business in New York, and likely a billion-dollar penalty.
2: Ben, I got three words for you. Donald,
0: it's over.
2: It's over. The evidence is mounted. Brick drop. Brick, Brick drop. drop.
1: Brick By the drop. way, I'm actually way, today, folks.
2: I'm actually way cooler about you guys wearing the white shirt now and now me wearing the orange shirt. You guys kind of look like my background dancers, so. Yeah, I no, like I that like journey. It, yeah. But Brett, can you journey. show
0: the video of how Donald Trump was greeted by New Yorkers? Because Donald Trump had said he made one of the he, he lied the other day, too. And he was like, yeah, when I went to my criminal arraignment, you know, the, the court staff and the police, you know, everybody was just they were crying and they were saying, <laughs> sir, he, he does the thing where he lies and he goes, sir. He goes. They said they said, sir. 2024, sir. And they started crying for me. And then all the court staff like ended up speaking to a number of like papers and like, okay, we did not cry at all. We don't really care. We deal with murder. Like, we just don't care about him. Like we deal with murderers and crimes and stuff every single day here. And you know we just conduct our business professionally. We weren't yeah, he like just got mocked in the in the sir papers. 2024. But watch what happened when he arrived today to show up for his deposition. This is what we call a New York City greeting. Play the clip. New york do make you you do you I I let's it.
2: go that's the type of new york energy i i love and i'm proud. well, well
0: of. also he and the republican party they just spend their entire day like saying the most horrific things about yes. new york city and about new yorkers you know it's not like you hear us like you know talking negative about other states like other states you know you want to talk about the political leaders you want to criticize I don't know. If, I, if
1: anyone heard the last episode geordie went on a pretty vicious tear in wyoming i was shocked but i'm just kidding
2: <laughs> whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. <laughs> Jordy just tore into idaho i couldn't even didn't even see it coming just joking george <laughs> but
0: that's you know that, that that's welcome to new york and speaking of just about welcome to new york um, get out of you know, here Donald Trump, Donald Trump tried to derail by four weeks. E. Jean Carroll's rape and civil rape and defamation case, which is set to go to trial on April 25th. And earlier in the day, uh, the judge, Judge Lewis Kaplan, rejected Donald Trump's request for a Donald Trump asked for. I kid you not. This is what he called it. I need a four week cooling off period Aww. because of the circus like atmosphere that was there for my criminal arraignment. And then uh, e. Jean Carroll lawyers pointed out, you mean the one that you created when you posted these photos of yourself, like looking like you were going to uh, attack the prosecutor and when you threaten the judges and when you have Marjorie <laughs> Taylor Greenlee that. that, that oh, oh, and by the way, before you filed your request for a four week delay two hours before that Eugene Carroll lawyers pointed out you were on Tucker Carlson threatening the prosecutor so you don't get to generate the press and and the threats and then say I, I, I need a four week delay so that case is going to trial as well you know so all these cases now are
1: going are going to trial I just can't help but notice also that he seems particularly like he's obviously he's going crazy about all the cases. He seems particularly scared about these e. and Carroll cases. I just you could sense the fear. Like, what what do you think that is? It's the first time
0: that he will really be sitting at a trial, period. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And it's like right around the corner. It's like here. It's like coming. He's always managed to, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what he'll try to do is usually try to settle these cases, you know. And so in those class actions that are filed against him, you know, he'll either bankrupt the company or try to settle the cases. And that's how he avoids the litigation. And so he's never really sat through an entire trial where he is a defendant. And I think he is legitimately scared of that prospect where he has to be held accountable for his conduct. It's never it's this is really the first time like when you think about it, try to think of another case where Donald Trump sat through a multi-week trial and in this trial, they're going to call and the judge is allowing it. Other female victims who have been raped by him and sexually assaulted. So those will be witnesses. Those women will be witnesses. Then you'll have E. Jean Carroll um, will be a witness. You'll have the Access Hollywood tapes being played. And
1: then Donald Trump's going to be called to take the stand. That's so wild, yeah. No, it's it's definitely got to be. I mean, all these situations, he's never actually been in these situations before, and you could see the palpable fear. I, I, did you have we shown the deposition footage from the last deposition? I, I don't even think. I think we set it up, but I, I don't remember. Did we? No, actually? show play? it. So, so this is. So, just to be clear, to <laughs> set, set the stage for what this is, in the special mm-hmm. proceeding
0: that's brought by the New York Attorney General. A special proceeding is like a formal investigation under a New York Attorney General statute. It precedes the filing of the lawsuit. So the New York AG lawsuit was filed in September of twenty twenty two. Before that, there was a period of an investigation called the special proceeding where you're able to take discovery. And as part of that, the New York attorney general, Letitia James, showed up and deposed Donald Trump. And and this is what happened when the deposition took place here. Play this clip. So, Mr. Trump, I take it you are are not going to answer any questions about your preparation today with your counsel, is that correct?
1: then Should I say this, Mm -hmm. or should I respond Mm -hmm. to that? Just read that. For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, in its entirety, I decline to answer the question.
0: Okay, Uh, Mr. Trump, the focus of our investigation and what we are primarily going to cover today involves the presentation of your statements of financial condition between 2011 and the present. Uh, I take it you are generally familiar with those statements, is that correct?
1: For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, in its entirety, I decline to answer the question. Okay. Um,
0: did you review any of those statements from the period 2011 to 2021 during your preparation for today's testimony?
1: For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, In its entirety, I declined to answer the question.
0: I thought only the mafia and criminals uh, take the Fifth Amendment. And by the way, those were the easiest questions you could possibly be asked, right? Have you reviewed your statement of financial conditions? I can't answer that question. You're not going to answer the most basic question of even if you've reviewed them, you believe that would incriminate you? I can't answer the question. I must invoke my 5th Amendment rights against self-incrimination. Just think about that. As Donald Trump has that cowardly approach, right? When he's being sued, at the same time he files these most frivolous lawsuits imaginable. Like and just when you think they couldn't get more frivolous, you know, I, I don't know about you, Brett and Jordy, but my phone started buzzing um, and I was teaching the class the other day and I was like, what's going on? Whenever I get that many messages, you know, you know, some something's up. And so Donald Trump filed this frivolous federal lawsuit against Michael Cohen, who is the host of the Political Beatdown podcast here on the Midas Touch Network, as well as the Mea Culpa podcast. And in Donald Trump's frivolous lawsuit, Donald Trump just picks a random number, um, five hundred million dollars. Just just makes completely makes it up. Um, he there's a whole section about podcasts and Michael Cohen's statements on the podcast, and it's essentially what Donald Trump is alleging that that injured him. He's saying that because the the claim is that because Cohen revealed these things on his podcasts and also to prosecutors and also to Congress and talked about what Donald Trump claims are confidences um, publicly, that that breached his contract with Donald Trump. It breached his confidentiality that he that Donald Trump says was owed to him. It breached what are called fiduciary obligations, Donald Trump alleges. And so based on that, Donald Trump saying that he's owed $500 million. Well, let's also think about this for a second because Donald Trump doesn't even think a few steps ahead here because now that Donald Trump's basically saying you revealed confidences, wouldn't that now hurt Donald Trump in the criminal case brought by the Manhattan District Attorney, while Donald Trump's trying to say Michael Cohen doesn't have credibility, yet you're now saying that Cohen revealed your confidences to the Manhattan District Attorney and elsewhere? So just, it undermines his claim there, um, number one, so Donald Trump doesn't think a few steps upset. Donald Trump also filed this in the Miami division, not the West Palm Beach (laughs) division where he lives because – he's just putting it in the wrong jurisdiction because he was trying to draw a Republican judge that he appointed and he didn't want to put it in West Palm Beach because he was just sanctioned a million dollars by Judge Donald Middlebrooks in West Palm Beach for filing a frivolous lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. He filed it in West Palm Beach because that's where he lives. So even though I don't think there's any jurisdiction in Florida to begin with, if you were going to file it in Florida, you would bring it in West Palm Beach, at least where you reside. But now Trump, because he got sanctioned in West Palm Beach a million dollars, he's not playing chess, right? He's getting bricks dropped on him, basically. <laughs> he's he not even playing checkers. He goes, I'm gonna go to the Miami division. And the judge that was drawn was an Obama appointee, was the first openly yeah. gay yeah. black judge. And that was the judge that Trump um, drew in, in that case. Um. So that it, it who- reminds
1: me too, Ben, of the the post that we showed before, where he was like, "And Letitia James, she only tries to judge shop to judges that are beneficial." It's like, no, it's once again, it's projection. It's exactly what Donald Trump tries to do. He tries to judge shop. This one backfired in his face. You're so this right. strategy, <laughs> Yeah, this entire strategy against Cohen already backfired in his face because of what you said, and and I thought KFA's analysis on this was so good. Like, if if the claims that Cohen has said to the prosecutors or whatever. If they weren't true, you would file a defamation claim. You wouldn't, you wouldn't file this lawsuit. So you're kind of acknowledging that those statements are true while you're also trying to undermine the witness. So like, what is it exactly that you're really doing here? The case doesn't make any sense on its face, but you know, uh, what an honor to have a mention. Midas touch literally mentioned in the actual filing itself. He talked about all the podcasts. Yeah, thanks for Love the promotion that. of the podcast of the Midas Touch Network. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> a pleasure. Oh, it's good to know your are fan. I mean, first Donald Trump posts our Ron DeSantis story about Ron DeSantis's <laughs> maybe behavior maybe with he's just a really big
2: fan. I think that's yeah, it.
1: Yeah, no, he, I think he is. Now he talks about all of our podcasts on the network. Like you know, it's okay, man. If you wanna, if you, if, if you're a listener, if you're a Midas Mighty, just let us know. We got some great Convict Forty Five shirts. It's <laughs> fitting for you to wear. They're in the store. We got No One Is Above the Law. It has your face with prison bars over it. It's a good look. You you could go store it out. MidasTouch.com. Check it out, Donnie. Welcome to the Midas mighty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he will definitely never be a member of the Midas, You know, don't, don't even, don't even go there. But, um, but look, th- this, this lawsuit also opens up the door for Cohen to take discovery. You know, we showed you that deposition where Donald Trump invoked his fifth amendment rights. Like Cohen should just say, you know what? Or Cohen could say, I'm going to take, I'm going to take your deposition now. And I'm going to ask you all of the questions that you've refused to answer before. And what do you think Donald Trump's going to do now? You're the plaintiff, Donald Trump. So you brought this case. So what, are you going to invoke the Fifth Amendment? And by the way, Cohen, Cohen knows, right, where the bodies are buried. So Cohen should ask him all the questions. So didn't you say this to me? Didn't you do that to me? And then Donald Trump may be further incriminating himself. And now going back to what I said about Alvin Bragg. Now, Alvin Bragg probably couldn't predict that Donald Trump would file this lawsuit against Michael Cohen. But now an additional treasure trove of evidence that Alvin Bragg has to bolster a few criminal case based on the financial fraud. So um, again, the law of holes, as I always like to say, is stop digging. And as we've always said here on the Midas Touch Network, that Republicans are professional rake steppers and they are <laughs> professional hole diggers as well. And it is continue to continue to dig that hole. So um, we will keep you posted as uh, as Donald Trump continues to dig and dig and dig. But you know who definitely likes that special counsel? Jack Smith, because mad dog Jack Smith. <laughs> mad dog, man. Trump should never have given him the cool nickname, Mad Dog Psycho now, Jack, we haven't even heard Jack Smith ever say a word, which is great because that's hey, what. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm, I'm not going to do this. This is the, just don't the silent do it. Don't assassin. The, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to do silent assassin.
2: Fred, don't do the impression.
0: But he is intimate. He's clearly haunting um, Trump. I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of these recent posts by Trump. Um, well, I'll show you some of those posts. I'll give you the Jack Smith updates. But let's just take one quick break. We'll be right back.
2: And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Roan. If you're like me, you understand the pains of finding out what to wear. Let's face it, most clothes are uncomfortable or too tight or never actually the size that you really are, and not to mention the annoyance of trying to put together a good outfit. And when you finally do have a good fit, you can only wear it for a few hours before you have an important meeting or dinner, and then you have to change. Everyone wants to dress their best and look good at all times because frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man. And here's why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan commuter collection. Rhone's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident without the hassle. With Rhone's Wrinkle Release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. It's that easy. With the Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I absolutely love Roan. This has truly become my go-to commuter fit. We're on the move a lot. Whether it's jumping from meeting to meeting, or catching a flight, or an important dinner, the Roan commuter collection has never let me down. The versatility and overall comfort of the collection is undefeated. Even after I wear it all day, I still feel super fresh because of the Gold Fusion anti-odor technology. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Midas and use promo code Midas to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E slash Midas and use code Midas. It's time to find your corner office. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.mitustouch.com. Welcome go.
0: back to Let's the go. Midas Touch podcast. Hey, if
2: you're in the mood for some sweet digs, definitely check out roan.com slash Midas. I mean, there's they've got some great clothes for you there. Check it out. And yeah. I'm just so Yeah. Uh, No, I just wanted to say I'm just so I I just keep thinking about that New York clip and I'm just like a lot of our audience doesn't know that we grew up on Long Island. We're from New York originally. And so anytime we could play New York clip, like I just get so jacked up.
1: And let me say, Jordy, on that note. So Jack Smith. So I actually have heard him speak. There are clips of him speaking. He hasn't spoke obviously throughout this entire case, which is hilarious because Trump. Oh, just Jack, Jack Smith. Oh. No, but but a Jack Smith is a New Yorker. Jack Smith is in New York. So Jack Smith sounds like a badass New Yorker. And oh, when hell you listen yeah. to these clips, if you look them up, and it reminded me also of Jordy, your New York accent, which you kind of you kind of lost along the years. I don't, don't do
2: this.
1: I, I, I got to play. This don't is from do Jordy. This. You know the what clip you- I'm going to play. So Jordy. You know, you know what I'm going to play. Um, where, where, What is the context of this Geordie New York clip? You're but you're doing something – you're doing a charity event for kids? Or yeah,
2: you're- if you're going to play the clip, I think you're about to play. I was yeah. a senior in high school, and we were helping kids in the community who were interested in basketball. Because as you guys know, you guys weren't on the basketball team, but I, I was the captain of the high school basketball team. Yeah, you're right. And so we did a lot of giving back to the community, and that was one of the initiatives that we did.
1: All right, I got to hear Jordy with the New York voice, and then we'll get into Jack Smith, man. I can't believe style. you're playing this.
2: I hope to better enrich their lives, better enrich their basketball careers. And
1: who knows? Maybe they'll remember me in a couple of years. Maybe they'll remember me a couple of years. Hey, I, g- I got to say, I so, saw Ruth. Yeah, so no, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of the voice at all. I think the accent is awesome. I, th- I think the accent That's is great. killer. I just never, I just do not remember you speaking like that. <laughs> it's guys,
2: because we all spoke like that. It's, it's because not- we all spoke <laughs> like that. Then I went to school in Ohio, so I kind of had to drop the accent because everyone was looking at me like I was crazy. But I <laughs> love the New York accent. Sometimes right, what, I
1: fall back into it. One more time, then we get into Mad Dog. I hope to
2: better enrich their lives, better enrich their basketball careers. And who knows? Maybe they'll remember me in a couple of years.
1: No, I, I just don't remember that.
0: I, I, maybe, maybe they do, or have they remembered you in a couple of years, Jordy? Have they <laughs> remembered you? They still remember you in a couple of years, they, they, they knew that you would start a pro democracy media network in a couple of years. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Who, Who knew? knew? Who knew? Who knew you were going to trade the basketball for a microphone in a couple of years? Hey, ooh, hey, Jordy. Ooh, hey Jordy. Hey, Jordy. All right. And, as, as, as Jordy says, indictment season is not in a couple of years. It is upon us. <laughs> indictment, indictment season is upon us and special counsel Jack Smith is Following the money. One of the things that I said that we should be very, very, very focused on in Jack Smith's investigation. Remember, Jack Smith led the public integrity division within the Department of Justice, right? So his specialty is following the money and he's prosecuted campaign finance crimes and money laundering schemes and wire fraud. And so I know there's a lot of focus on what took place on January 6th itself, what took place leading up to it, the fake elector scheme, Donald Trump's threat to local and state uh, lo- local and state administrators and election officials. I know there's a lot of focus there, but let's not forget that between November of 2020, And January 2021, right? Donald Trump's political action groups took in about $250 million, right? And they didn't really spend any of it. And they objectively lied to people in the emails to raise the money, right? They lied about the claims of election fraud, which didn't exist, which they knew were lies. And how do we know that they knew they were lies? Because they've said it. They knew they were lying to the people. (laughs) It's, It's quite simple. So when you lie to people to get money, that is called wire fraud and when you do it through emails and other kind of technology like that. So that is a wire fraud claim. Also, Um, The the Trump uh, political campaign said that they had an election defense fund. And guess what? There's no such thing as an election defense fund. It did not exist. So they raised tens of millions of dollars for a fund that wasn't even a real fund and didn't go to anything. So where did the money go? And that is an area that is haunting Donald Trump, because that is where he does not want the hood to be lifted. And that is precisely where special counsel Jack Smith is looking. He's looking into the money. He's looking into these shell companies that were basically created to receive funds, because once the money goes even from like a Trump political action group to this next organization, you don't really get to see where the money goes after that, right? So basically, was the money going to these organizations which were purely set up to receive money from the political action committee groups and then basically funnel it back to Trump or funnel it for other nefarious purposes or funnel it to Trump's plane and funnel it to these events and funnel it to all of these other areas? That is being probed and specifically, the knowledge of the people sending these emails lying about election fraud, sending these emails lying about the existence of election defense funds, these people sending emails lying about where the money would go, and those lies, and then receiving funds for those lies, that's wire fraud. By the way, The same charge, for example, that Steve Bannon um, was prosecuted by the feds for, Donald Trump pardon Steve Bannon for it. But remember, Bannon helped create this like fake GoFundMe account, which which was basically like, even though Donald Trump said Mexico is going to pay for the wall, well, oops, Mexico didn't pay for the wall. So now who's going to pay for it? You are. And how are you going to pay for it? With a GoFundMe account. So they set up a GoFundMe account and Bannon said, it's going to build a wall. Did it go to build the wall? Well, if a wall is a yacht
1: owned by a Chinese billionaire, then I guess it built the. I'm I'm sure. To be be fair, (laughs) and I'm not sure if this Bannon tried this argument in court. But I'm sure inside the yacht there were walls, and so he's like, mm. we built we built a bunch of walls in my in my beautiful yacht that I you know stay it's on so infuriatingly things.
2: stupid that like I wouldn't put it past them <laughs> that they actually did argue that we built a wall we didn't say what wall oh my god
0: well we'll see if they're even arguing anything because even though <laughs> even though Donald Trump pardoned Steve Bannon from the federal prosecution. New York state authorities are prosecuting uh, Bannon for state violations. So Bannon keeps showing up in court and like firing his lawyers that can't be pardoned by a uh, president of the United States. Only a governor can pardon these state crimes, and so New York State is appropriately now prosecuting Steve Bannon, while Steve Bannon still like leads these MAGA Republican propaganda TV networks that were funded by a now, uh, a Chinese billionaire, exiled Chinese billionaire, um, who is now under indictment as well for stealing money in order order to create these networks I'm sensing a pattern like, here. I'm sensing a pa- I'm sensing <laughs> a, a complete pattern here too. That was also that it was that kind of exiled Chinese billionaire. That's where Bannon spoke at before the November 2020 election and said, regardless of the results, we want to let you know first that we're going to declare victory regardless of the outcome. Um, so just putting the links together there. But in anyway, Jack is following the money. Um, Jack is also following up with um, key former Trump officials who uh, federal judges ordered that they had to give additional testimony after Donald Trump's assertion of executive privilege failed. Trump keeps trying to assert executive privilege to try to uh, stop his former officials from testifying. But guess what? You ain't the president. I know you like to say that in your post, but you don't get to claim executive <laughs> privilege when you're not the executive. And in any event, it doesn't override a compelling interest that the Department of Justice has to try to get to the bottom of an insurrection. Um, so, for example, Trump's former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, appeared before a grand jury this week. Um, the former acting director of national intelligence, Richard Grinnell, um,
1: also. So testified it, before in two separate investigations. Uh, Ratcliffe was there for Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election. Grinnell was there at the other grand jury to discuss the handling of the classified documents. Like this is what's happening right now in these grand jury rooms. Two grand juries, two separate criminal cases. Two directors of national intelligence, or at least one and one acting DNI, who are coming in to spill the beans on Donald Trump in front of Jack Smith and the grand jury. I mean, this is like a momentous thing that's happening. And it, I'm when you mentioned Donald
0: us. Trump's the the case involving Donald Trump's theft of these thousands of government records and his obstruction of justice, we're also learning that one of the areas that Jack Smith is focused on is apparently Donald Trump would like show these documents. I mean, this isn't a big surprise, right? But he would like show the documents to donors and visitors at Mar-a-Lago. And in particular, one of the things they're focused on is this map containing very sensitive national security information that Trump would be showing apparently to um, donors and aides and people who don't have the security clearances to see it. So that's also another focus of Jack Smith's. Yeah. To see it then he was
2: likely shopping them. You know, I mean, we said it, I think Brett made the excellent point when uh, uh, Trump was speaking with Hannity. Yeah, and he yeah. talked about how Nixon had, had papers and how he almost sold them for X amount of million or whatever that story was. <laughs> the <laughs> government did them. He's, he's just, like,
1: Nixon got 19 million for these. What about me? You're like, wait, what did you say?
2: Like, you, what did you just say? You just, okay. So yeah, I mean, he's shopping them. He's window shopping them. Um,
1: you know, you're in deep shit when someone says, uh, someone starts telling a story about the grand jury and someone has to ask which one. <laughs> which, which, oh, which, which, which grand jury? And then if you, know, you, you could dig further, the, the one in the Department of Justice. Which one in the Department of Justice? There are multiple. There are multiple mm-hmm. investigations in the Department of Are we talking
0: state or federal? Are we state, talking- federal. With... Then
1: when we're in federal, are we talking documents? Are we talking overthrowing yeah. the government? Just uh, we, we need to- You can say on which this,
2: one, like three <laughs> levels into that question. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, a, it's grand jury inception over there with Donald Trump and his criminal investigations. That's for sure. No no doubt about it. Look,
0: and here's what Donald Trump is posting about on a social media platform because he doesn't like this news. He goes, special prosecutor, and he puts prosecutor in quotes, Jack Smith is illegally leaking massive amounts of confidential information to the fake news media. He and his entire family are known Trump haters. He should be removed by the corrupt DOJ at once. I wonder if Jack Smith, like when he just goes home um, <laughs> after a day's work, like just gets like a huge laugh out of these and like actually just cracks up because they they reek of such desperation. Um, and then here also, right? You know what what Trump is upset about too, though, is the confidential information. Like Trump believes that this information uh, that he stole. Is confidential. Like, even his thing with Cohen was that, like, my crimes are confidential. (laughs) How dare you reveal my crimes? And, you know, and here, even though it's the the whole accusation that Jack Smith is leaking, you know, is it's probably the leakers are probably likely the Trump witnesses who went before the grand jury because Jack Smith runs a tight ship. But regardless, what Trump is literally like the
1: media sits out of these courthouses and they wait for people to enter and exit also. And so that's how they get a lot of their reporting. They say, we spotted John Ratcliffe going in today. We spotted Stephen Miller going in today. He was in there for six hours. He was in there for three hours. And then, yes, there are people on those sides that are Probably the leakers on, on the Trump side of things, not, um, not on the uh, DOJ side. Yeah, and here's the other post of Trump trying to incite another insurrection. The Biden
0: Department of In- Injustice, together with all of the corrupt Trump-hating puppeteers that surround Joe Biden are destroying our country, are going all out with election interference through the use of fake partisan and corrupt prosecutors. The people of the United States will not stand for this perversion of our elections and constitution itself. At some point, they will say, as our country is going to hell, we're not going to take it anymore, all in caps, make America great again. I mean, look, like this person, just be very clear, like this is a malignant, narcissistic maniac, right? (laughs) This is like just a disgusting, putrid individual who shouldn't be near any proximity to power. I I wouldn't want this individual near anybody that I know. Like, this is a disgusting person. Yet, the MAGA Republicans are like, you know what? Let's give this guy the nuclear codes. You know what? Over life and death decisions, because that's what a president does. That's what leaders do. You know, Republicans are like, you know who we want? Trump. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt gates you know, these types of people could not get a job anywhere else other than the Republican Party. Like they are incompetent, they are hateful, they are extremist, they are idiots, they are just really, really just awful mean human beings. Right. You know, and, and they hate America like they clearly hate America. Um, And Americans realize that, right, Brett? Like Americans are picking up onto it right now because the polling data right now is suggestive of no Donald Trump. uh, uh, America, what America isn't going to take anymore is you. What America isn't going to take anymore is MAGA extremism. You know, Americans, there's other polling data on this that maybe you want to talk through, but also about You know, all this stuff about woke and Mr. Potato Head, all that stuff is backfiring. America, You could say woke, woke, woke and pronouns and all this stuff, yeah, and maybe 25% or 23% of Americans, they get all riled up by pronouns. Oh my God, did you hear that pronoun, that, that pronoun bill? The, could you believe those bathrooms, the, those bathrooms? But you know what? Most Americans don't like when the government starts talking about penises and vaginas every day, okay? <laughs> like, we prefer that the government stay the hell away from that stuff because truthfully, Americans do care about freedom. And yes, Republicans use that language, but they use it in the most Orwellian sense to try to destroy our freedoms. That's why and, and Americans aren't being tricked. Americans are wise to what's going on. Tell us about some of the recent polling, Brett. If you yeah, I,
1: I read through this Navigator poll recently, and it was conducted between April 6th and April 10th, and I couldn't help but as I turned every page just going, wow, if Republicans see this, this, this is absolutely devastating for them in every sense of it. It just shows that Americans are viewing Republicans, rightfully so, as the party of absolute extremism. And the stuff that Republicans are pushing forward, Ben, like you said, the woke stuff—they're like, I don't even know what they're talking. I don't even know what they're talking about. So I'll, I'll pull up one of the slides from the results of this poll, and here I'll, I'll read some of the key takeaways right off here. Just over half say they are hearing about wokeness, while pluralities say. They are not even sure what it means. So, like literally half the people they asked are like, I don't woke. What is that? I don't what are you talking about? Like and then of the people who do, Americans most concerned about elected officials talking too much about wokeness at the expense of other issues. And they want Republican elected officials to talk about wokeness left. So the people who hear about wokeness want people to shut the hell up talking about wokeness. They want people to get to work on the issues that actually matter them. And two in three respondents, two in three, say that, quote, anti woke Politicians are, quote, focused on the wrong things, trying to divide us, and our concerned Republicans focused on wokeness talk about taking on woke corporations while pushing for tax cuts for their wealthy donors, the rich, and corporations. So, I mean, it's clear as day when you read the poll that this woke stuff is backfiring. And like we read a few weeks ago, this isn't the first poll that showed that woke was backfiring. And we saw a poll weeks ago that said Americans are sick of this woke stuff. And in fact, the people who hear woke on a daily basis, they actually think woke Is a good thing. They actually think it's good to be, you know, uh, they actually think it's good to be aware of social injustice and to try to make the country a more equal place. They think that diversity is actually a positive thing. They think inclusion is actually a positive thing. So the Republicans continue to go all in on woke. And they just keep being this party of extremism that seems so out of touch with the actual issues that voters care about. So you have the Democrats, you have Biden, Biden hanging out with unions, you have Biden talking about about democracy. You have Biden talking about saving Social Security. You have Biden talking about Medicare. You have Republicans talking about woke, 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 woke. And when you look at it, and especially when you look at it down party lines, and when I say party lines, I'm going to include here Democrat, Republican, and Independent. The results are very, very, very revealing. So the job approval overall for these Republicans in this Navigator poll is around 35% approval, 59% disapproval, with a 49, 48 Uh, with Indy approval. Uh, Inflation, only 37% of people approve of how they're handling inflation. 52% disapprove and they have a net rating of negative 27 with independence on that issue. Jobs in the economy, they have a minus 17 disapproval with independence on that issue. And when you get to the actual individuals within the Republican Party, it looks even more grim for them. So the main voices, the main faces, the main people that we are seeing out there in the Republican Party, first of all, just the MAGA Republicans in general have a net negative 22-point rating, okay? And then the most unpopular of the Republicans, George Santos with a net negative 36, Marjorie Taylor Greene with a net negative 25, Lauren Boebert Net negative 12, Kevin McCarthy, net negative 10, Jim Jordan, net negative 10 rating amongst the population. And these are the people who are front and center. These are the people who have the power in the Republican Party. And that's why we always say okay, you want to make Marjorie Taylor Greene? Your pick for vice president you want to lift her you want her to be the voice of your party you want jim jordan running your committees you want kevin mccarthy to be speaker okay go be my guest do your thing because on the whole these people may do well when their districts are shaped like ducks like jim jordan's they might do really well in their own little bubbles but you go out to the larger united states of america these people are absolutely reviled and that's what we're seeing and then this overarching message which Fox continues to push and Murdoch's, all of Murdoch's properties push the Republicans about wokeness. It's just falling flat on its face. And Then you have kind of the Dems in the back, maybe not being as loud as the Republicans screaming about things that nobody cares about, but speaking about things like social security, speaking about things like preserving democracy. And every election is a contrast. You have two choices, okay? So are you going to pick the extremist party who screams about woke all day and is stripping away all of your rights are you going to pick the party that's actually talking about issues like inflation, like Social Security, like Medicare, like democracy? I mean, the choice is clear. The party that's protecting choice, the choice is clear. And when you put that choice on a ballot, I think the Democrats are going to win big. I think it's actually set up right now for like a huge 2024 for the Dems in presidential election and elsewhere, because these Republicans just are playing to their base and they really don't care about what the American people think at this point.
2: They're playing to that 25% base, Brett, too, which is so important because this war on woke is just totally lost on on everybody. Woke has lost all sense of meaning once you use it in a negative way. We played that clip of DeSantis, I think, earlier this week when he just said woke about seven times in one sentence. And you're just like, what is he even what is he even saying? And then to your point, the American people are just so sick of this phoniness of the of these games, of these MAGA Republicans. What they care about are the issues that affect their lives. Hey, is my Medicare going anywhere? Hey, is my Social Security going anywhere? And when these MAGA Republicans, when these Republicans talk about anything other than woke, it's talking about how they're going to strip this stuff away. Unbelievable. I mean, and just let them continue to play this game. I say give them the mic. Let them speak because every time they speak, they trip over themselves. And, Look, speaking- and just do
1: it. You go, Brett. You go. And speaking of Ron DeSantis, let's just look at what happens when a politician strictly focuses on placating the base, strictly focuses on performative antics and screaming about woke all day when there's an actual crisis that hits the state. Currently, Fort Lauderdale, Florida is underwater, and there's another flood watch right now as we speak. And I'll pull up some of the footage of the flooding in Florida. It is absolutely devastating. Cars underwater. These roads look like rivers. It is a complete and utter disaster. And where is Ron DeSantis? No, seriously, where is Ron DeSantis? Who the heck knows? Oh, I know. Ron DeSantis is in Ohio, why is Ron DeSantis in Ohio? Was Cancun not available with Ted Cruz or something? Well, Ron DeSantis is in Ohio for his book tour. And his book tour is actually a pseudo-presidential campaign. Because according to Florida law, if he actually announced that he was running for president, he would have to resign from his position as governor. By the way, he's trying to change that law right now so that he could run for president simultaneously while he is governor. But, But why is that important? Because DeSantis has completely taken his eye off the ball as to what the people in the state really care about, as to the actual problems in a state, and he's too busy promoting himself. And so, I want to show this uh, contrast right now, also before what De- of what Desantis was saying today in his very boring, droning-on speech, low-energy speech that he gave in Ohio. And underneath, I'm going to play some footage of the crisis that is actually happening in Florida, because I think this really shows the difference. And I want you to listen also to DeSantis's performative words about how a real leader doesn't run away from a crisis. And you know he says a lot of stuff to that effect, as there's literally a crisis in his state. So I'll play this clip of, of DeSantis's very boring speech where he kind of accidentally mocks himself along with every other Republican for being incompetent. Some Republicans get into office and they basically act like potted plants. They don't want to lead... They worry about what the media is going to say about them. They just kind of hope to not have to make decisions until something they're actually forced to do it. Uh, I said, that's not what we're doing in Florida. We're going on offense in the state of Florida. I'm going to get out in front of issues. I'm going to be leading on issues. I don't care what the left says. I don't care what the media says. We are going to deliver big victories. And I'll tell you, when you're on offense, it's hard for them to keep up with you because they don't know what we're going to do next. Well, that to me does not look like a guy who's on offense. That looks to me like a very weak guy who's been on defense against a guy who is – under uh, civil rape trials, who has been indicted, uh, who is under multiple criminal investigations. And he is kicking your ass around DeSantis by like double digits, just like you don't even even in Florida polls, you're getting your actual ass handed to you. And maybe it's because you're not actually there for the people of Florida when people need you. You know, I thought back to that moment at the Charlie Crist uh, debate, which I think looking back now, is a really important moment in retrospect that I wish more Floridians paid attention to this moment. It was the moment where Charlie Crist during the debate turned to Ron DeSantis, and he said, hey, if you win this election, are you actually going to be there to govern for the people of Florida? Or are you going to be too busy running for president in a crisis like we're seeing right now? The answer to this question, I think, is very important. And DeSantis had no answer. DeSantis just stood there, did not know what to do, did not know how to even handle himself. I'll play this clip. Ron, Ron, you talk
0: about Joe Biden a lot. I understand you think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might
2: get confused, but you're running for governor. You're running for governor. And I have a question for you. You're running for governor, why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're re-elected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no?
0: Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question
1: it's a fair question he won't tell you just the absolute brutal just the absolutely brutal moment and today you know the the mayor of fort lauderdale was out there and they asked him they're like so uh, excuse me have you heard from ron desantis at all and he was like no i mean you know i we're trying to get in touch with them but no we haven't heard anything we don't know what's going on i'll play that quickly have
0: you spoken with governor desantis governor desantis has not yet called
1: um Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm sure he's uh, very interested in what's going on here and uh, we're happy to work with his office. But I'm sure Floridians are incredibly happy that Ron DeSantis decided to pick a, flight with the, pick a fight with the largest tourist attraction in the state that employs the most people in the state with Disney. I'm sure that's where they want their resources going to in the state, not fixing their insurance crisis, their teacher shortage, their rent crisis. And even just today, the Florida State House passed a bill banning abortion at six weeks, which is basically a total ban on abortion. And Ron DeSantis is expected to sign that. Is that what Floridians really signed up for? I don't think so. And this, is, this kind of extremism will be rejected on the national stage. And meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is also now, he's, he's like running around, he's begging. Do you guys see this story? It's so pathetic. He's running around begging Republican lawmakers in Florida. To say, please stop endorsing Trump. Please, why will don't will you endorse me? Please stop publicly endorsing Trump. Please, 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 please. Because out of all the Republican lawmakers there, out of the twenty Republicans in the state congressional delegation, not one, not a single one of them has endorsed Trump. So all of DeSantis' people are making these phone calls. Please, you don't endorse Trump. Please, you don't endorse Trump. Please, hear me out. Hear me out. It's absolutely pathetic. I, I want to take this moment though to compare. Let's compare to like what an actual you know leader could do when they have a democratic supermajority, and they actually want to help the people. You know, I think the anti-DeSantis and somebody to me who's incredibly presidential, who's just doing such a kick-ass job, is Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. She is doing an absolutely incredible job in such an important state, and there's a reason why she did so well in her election. So what did Gret- Governor Gretchen Whitmer do? Well, she just signed multiple gun reform bills into law. That right there is actually working for the people. I'll play the clip of the signing today. Such an incredible moment. And just last week, she repealed an archaic abortion ban in Michigan that was on the books since 1931. It was described as one of these trigger laws that would take effect as Roe v. Well, as Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, Governor Whitmer actually referred to this as a zombie law and gave a really good, passionate speech when she signed away this law. I'll play this uh, speech from Governor Whitmer. Today we're going to take action to make sure that our statutes, our laws reflect our values and our Constitution. I'm excited today to be signing a bill that will repeal our extreme 1931 law that bans abortion and criminalizes nurses and doctors for just doing their jobs. This is a long overdue step and it proves that when we keep fighting to protect everyone's ability to make their own decisions about their bodies, we can win. During the conversation around these laws, I was asked often about this trigger law and I had to explain, no, no, no. This is not a trigger law. This is a zombie law. This predates Roe and is at threat of coming back to haunt us all, right? So to all the women and girls and our allies and states that don't value you or your rights, maybe you should come to Michigan. She's not talking about woke m ms She's not talking about Bud Light or gas stoves. She's not talking about all this BS. She's actually working to actually help Americans. And I don't like Gretchen Whitmer because she is a Democrat. I'm not like, oh, whoever the Democratic governor there, I'm going to (laughs) love. I like her because she stands up for the people. And by the way, that's why voting matters. You know, I've heard often like, you know, people go, well, what do you want us to do? These laws are being stripped away. Should I just vote harder? I I guess I'll just vote harder next time. Yes. Yes, you you should. Honestly, you should. You should vote and you should try to get 10 other people to vote. You should try to get 100 other people to vote. Because for the first time in 40 years, in 40 years, for the first time, Democrats control all branches of the Michigan state government, which is why Governor Whitmer was able to repeal that draconian law. And that's why every single election matters. Could you imagine If one of those extremists, if one of those extremists was in power in the governor of Michigan, that they they would be doing the same thing DeSantis is doing. That's why your vote matters. And that's why it's important to get past the culture war BS and to focus on the issues that actually care about and true freedom.
0: Because, you know, you'd you'd have what, like uh, Sarah Huckabee, right? She would go. We are announcing the biggest initiative in the state of Arkansas. We are hereby now only making American flags in the United States of America. Yeah. It's like, okay, like uh, we're we're good with that. But like, can you maybe help with like healthcare costs or like with education. Like, I, could, I, I appreciate that the flags will be made in America. It, you know, it, great, great work. Um, <laughs> and that's your executive order. But like, maybe you could deliver something for the people. Because let's think, why, why do we bring, why do we elect leaders, right? Because problems Emerge. Otherwise, you wouldn't need a leader, right? If there wasn't a problem to be solved and we lived in a utopia, then everybody would be a leader. You wouldn't need someone to actually make those decisions. Everybody. But, you know, when you're on an airplane, for example, the passengers can't always be the captain. You want someone who's got experience and you want someone who can actually fly the plane. And so, just for example, like a problem arose, right? When it comes to the situation we had where inflation was very high. Over this past summer, right? Biden could have basically been like, you know, look, the real issue. Imagine rather if DeSantis was in charge, right? And you have inflation. First off, they would deny that it exists, right? The same way Trump denied that COVID. Um, you know what was ever going to come to our shores? So just pretend it doesn't exist, or like Trump did with COVID, you would just basically say, "Oh, it's 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 a it's a China virus," and then you would say China, however he says it. Versus like oh, it, like a miracle, it's going to go away, right? That's how they would deal with inflation. That's how they would. That's how they dealt with COVID. And even when people were dying, when people are dying in Florida, when people are dying across the country. What are you talking about? This isn't this isn't a real thing. What are, it's like a eating a fajita is more dangerous. Inject yourself with bleach. What are you talking about? You know, stop the testing. Stop the testing. You know, insane things like that. Like deranged things versus actually a leader confronts a difficult problem, rallies an international community or or rallies the rel- the the stakeholders. And addresses the problem, right? That's what you, that's why that's why Trump completely failed with COVID. He's not a leader. He's an idiot. And his malignant narcissism narcissism killed millions of people as a result. But think about how Biden dealt with inflation, right? All of the MAGA Republicans blaming him. You know, this is the worst. Look, it's Biden's inflation. By the way, it all was because of Donald Trump's ridiculous policies, but whatever. Biden's like, I'm gonna roll up my sleeve and be a leader. Let's do something like the Inflation Reduction Act. Let's actually pass legislation surgically to address a problem. And guess what? Inflation has now fallen by 45% from its summer peak. And guess what also, gas prices are down and grocery prices fell last month for the first time since September of 2020, right? Inflation has now dropped to its lowest level in almost two years, cooling to 5% in March and falling for the past nine months in a row. You know why? we have a leader and biden didn't say oh like a miracle it's going to go away Oh, oh it's it's the chinese inflation right it's it's the china inflation no he was like this this is an issue we are americans we will solve problems, that is what we do here. And that's what we did, and we solved the problems versus you know, this MAGA Republican victimhood and excuses and excuses and excuses. And you know what it's also bolstered by? It's bolstered by the fact that they've got this right-wing propaganda network in Fox that just spews and spreads the disinformation. They don't care about the truth. And by the way, the whole essence of Fox's being created by Roger Ailes back in the 70s was because he didn't like how the media was treating Nixon. So they literally wanted to create a Republican propaganda arm. Well, now they find themselves in a defamation trial where they are being sued for $1.6 billion. And on the eve of that trial, they were seriously sanctioned by the judge for concealing evidence. And there are some smoking gun tapes that we are going to play for you, which were just released one day before jury selection, which took place on Thursday. We'll play those clips for you right after this quick break.
2: And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew exactly if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with just the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something pretty cool. My wife, she recently started gardening, and we've been able to use the dirt that Lomi produces to help fill the garden. And since I got my Lomi, I threw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. And I have basically a limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week I had my in-laws over for dinner and the food cleanup process was such a breeze. Plus, they all think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to L-O-M-I dot com slash Midas and use promo code Midas at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can.
0: Welcome back to the Midas Touch podcast and we are still live and we are live on the first day of the Dominion defamation case against Fox. They are seeking $1.6 billion. Jury selection took place on Thursday. Um, Testimony will probably start to take place on Monday with Rupert Murdoch uh, expected to testify very early. He's going to be called right away, we think, by uh, the lawyers uh, from Dominion. Uh, Rupert Murdoch, Lachlan Murdoch tried to fight, tried to quash uh, showing up. And it was even discovered uh, before the trial took place, like on the eve of trial, that they were also lying about their official titles and their corporate structure. So the judge had a lot of issues with that. And the judge said to Fox's lawyers, you you better stop lying to me because we just caught you lying about your corporate structure and boom, Fox was caught lying again. um, And new evidence was discovered that Fox hid. So just so you know, before trial, there's a process in litigation called discovery. And in that process, the litigants exchange information, and they're required to certify under penalty of perjury that they've conducted a search, and they're producing all of the responsive information. Well, it turns out that Dominion learned on the eve of trial that Fox lied under penalty of perjury and did not turn over all of the evidence that was requested. How did Dominion learn this? Well, from a former senior Fox News producer named Abby Grossberg, and she used to be um, one of the main booking people at the Maria Bartiroma show, as well as one of the top bookers for the Tucker show. So as part of that role, she would be involved in the pre-interview process, and so for those not familiar with the way some of these interviews work, sometimes before the actual interview that goes live, you will have like the host of the show conduct an interview with the guest to kind of know what the guest is going to say. And ideally, just to be a little bit careful not to maybe air some things that could be false and defamatory. However, here, what the evidence showed was that on these pre-interviews that would take place, Maria Bartiroma would be told by Trump administration officials leading up to the January 6th insurrection, people like Rudy Giuliani and other former Top Trump administration officials that they knew they were lying about all of this. They didn't have the evidence, and that um, you know that that Dominion was not. Um, in any way involved in tampering with anything, that they had no evidence against Dominion, right? So clearly that's going to be relevant to Dominion's case. Clearly that's the type of evidence that Dominion asked for. And also these Trump administration officials would tell Maria Bartiroma, hey, you need to pay attention to January 6th. That's our backstop. Start hyping up the insurrection, basically. Start hyping up January 6th. And by the way, these recordings were, were again, were released by Abby Grossberg. Why would she release them? Well, because Fox fired her um, and she's alleged that basically Fox lawyers threatened her and retaliated against her when she was deposed by Dominion when she was still working at Fox. She argues that she was basically set up to be a fall person by Fox and that they basically lied to her about what she should say and, you know, and forced her to testify to things that really weren't true. And then they just like kind of tossed her aside. And she talks about this horrific work environment at Fox. Like she talks about when she showed up like the first day to the office at Tucker. She said that Tucker's office was filled with photographs of Nancy Pelosi in a bathing suit. And all of the, like, screensavers and all of the laptops were all photos of Nancy Pelosi in bathing suits. And then she talks about how frequently, you know, the hosts would all talk about, hey, you know, is, is this host sleeping with Kevin McCarthy? Is this person, you know, having sex with this person? Like, that was the whole environment of what they were talking it about. doesn't so she shock me him.
1: in the slightest.
0: So she says it was filled with rampant sexual harassment, discrimination, Mm -hmm. and just overall weirdness, you know, and, and so she also said, hey, I was asked to produce these audio files and I turned them over to Fox and Fox never produced them in in the case. So she called them out, and that's how Dominion got it. So then Dominion played these tapes to the judge, and then the judge was outraged. So first, let me play you these tapes, and let me tell you what the judge did. So um, these clips aired on the Alex Wagner Show on MSNBC. They got their hands on the tapes, and this first one I'm going to play you is a Trump campaign official telling Fox producer there are no issues with the Dominion machines. Play this clip.
1: Are any of the machines, I know it was on War Room the other day with Steve Bannon, have any of the machines been looked at? He had said that one was looked at in Georgia.
0: Uh, I'd have to check on that in terms of Georgia. I know during the audit they did check on those machines. Um,
1: They're really, if we can just go off the record for one sec here. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I I don't want us to say it if it's no, that's why we're talking
0: yeah, I, I would, I would, I think they have looked at the machines. Uh, when, the, when the Secretary of State did its audit, uh, there, there was a lot, of, I think, a fair bit of looking at the machines. Um, you know, the audit came in pretty darn close to what the machine count was with the receipts. So, you know, I
2: don't know the outcome of those, but our understanding, again, this is from the Secretary of State's office,
0: was that there weren't any physical issues with machines on those inspections. So there you have it right there. I mean, the Trump administration official admitting um, that there was no issues with the machines. Um, this is Rudy Giuliani telling Maria Bartiroma he can't prove any of his conspiracy theories. Play this clip. I'm going to be asking you for
1: as much evidence as you can tell us about these lawsuits. Cool. Whatever you can tell us in terms of sure. evidence would be really helpful. Okay, great. I can get tell to- you exactly what we have. Perfect. And... Um, what about this software, this Dominion software? Uh, that's that, that's a little harder troubling. Th- to tell you right. It's, being, it's anal- being analyzed right now. I mean, there are a couple okay. of races that have been reversed because uh, the
2: Democrat was triple counted, two, two already in Michigan. Now, Absolutely. whether that applies for the whole state or not, I, I can't tell you yet.
1: This Dominion software, does Nancy Pelosi have an interest in it? I, yeah, I've read that. I, I, I
0: can't prove that. Yet. Okay. And finally, this is a Trump official telling Maria Bartiroma in December of 2020 that she needs to be paying attention to January 6th. Be very focused on this date. Play this clip
2: seen so much reporting, uh, whether it be December 8th through December 14th, and uh, we've seen virtually zero
0: pickup of the January 6th date, so realizing that uh, a lot of folks, uh,
1: you know, who probably have normal lives haven't gone through, and looked at the, uh, you know, the case of Hawaii in 1960, and how that went all the way to January 6th and such, um,
2: that's the whole reason why I wanted to talk to you to just understand where the real backstops are here.
1: In the January 6th date, I'm pulling up our timeline, we do have it. That's House and Senate count the electoral votes, correct?
0: Right, right. and if both sets, if both sets of electors are set up, that would be the moment when the vice president, the president of the Senate, would have to decide which slate of electors to, to go with not only is this devastating evidence against Fox, but it's devastating evidence against Trump. And it's the exact type of evidence that special counsel Jack Smith is looking for, right? It shows that the Trump administration officials absolutely knew that they were lying. They knew that they were setting up this January 6th date to be an insurrection. They knew that Dominion wasn't changing votes. I mean, obviously we know that they knew what they were doing and that they have intent, but you, know, you have to show this evidence. And so this is gonna be evidence against Trump and it's evidence in this trial uh, uh, that's been filed by, uh, in this case, filed by Dominion against Fox. So this case is now Going to trial. Jury selection is underway. It's in Delaware Superior Court. Judge Eric Davis is doing jury selection, um, you know, did jury selection today. There should be a jury impaneled by Monday. You'll have opening statements. Um, Essentially, the sanction um, by Judge Eric Davis is. Anything that Dominion wants basically right now, in terms of like if they need to do another deposition, if they need to ask other, you know, any other questions. Now, granted, they're on the eve of trial. That's all going to have to be paid for at the expense of Fox. Um, But Look, the fact that that evidence is now admissible, that will be shown to a jury, remember on summary judgment, Judge Eric Davis has already partially ruled in favor of Dominion, right? And he's found that Dominion has already proven the falsity that Fox was spreading lies, Now, the question is, were they spreading lies um, with malicious intent? Do they meet the actual malice standard, which is needed for a defamation case like this? Did they intend to do it and or did they act with a reckless disregard for the truth? If so, you then move on to the damages phase. So, of course, we're going to be following this very closely here at the Midas Touch Network. And one of the other stories we've been monitoring very closely today um, was this leak of Lots of high, high value classified information, very serious military documents, right? Sensitive compartmented information, classified information, um, you know, real, real serious stuff that was spreading on the Internet and apparently it was going through this discord chat room that was being led by someone who referred to themselves as uh, as OG and in these discord chats they were they were sharing all of these racist memes and this individual OG who was the leader of this discord chat was first like trying to give summaries of the classified information to impress all of the people in the Discord chat, like all these right wing extremists who like also like live and interact on 4chan, but all they cared about were the racist memes. They're like none of this more racist memes. So then to impress these like racist incels, this OG, the person who called himself OG the leader, then started taking photographs of the classified documents themselves. And then posting that in order to impress the other incels who are all these right wing extremists with these doing these racist memes. And so, Brett, we now know who this individual is. And while it's not surprising, it is also deeply sad that uh, a lot of the Republican leadership like Marjorie Taylor Greene are now rushing to the defense of someone Uh who objectively is a traitor. Tell us about that, Brett.
1: Yeah, so the individual was identified as 21-year-old Massachusetts U.S. Army Air National Guardsman Jack Teixeira, and the Discord group that he was in was called Thug Shaker Central. And when you say they were right-wing extremists, like, yes, I agree with you there for sure, but these weren't all adults in the room with him. A lot of these were like young kids he was trying to impress, like like 12, 13-year-old, like teenagers, who he was trying to impress by uh, by seeding out this classified doc, uh, uh, information. And eventually, these classified documents ended up going from this Discord server onto these other forms, where they were taken by the Russians, taken by all these foreign entities. The you know, New York Times got a hold of them. They were disseminated far and wide. And this goes back months and months and months ago. And these are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of some of them are our most sensitive intelligence that this guy was sharing. I mean, like granular things about what is happening on the ground in Ukraine, sensitive information about our allies, uh, information about like US spying operations. These are the most sensitive of information of documents that he had shared. And they ended up on these Russian language telegram stations. Um, New York Times did a whole expose to try to figure out who this was. The Washington Post article about this, and I found particularly fascinating if you want to read kind of the genesis of these discord groups uh, that he was in and and how this information ended up getting uh, disseminated. But this was really I I mean, there's no kind of black and white situation to it. The guy was arrested today, um, I would say, in a pretty large show of force like the uh, the FBI, you know, showed that. Good. they had a lot of helicopters uh, showing up around his house, you know, a, a ton of agents. Um, you know, we kind of saw the whole perp walk go down on, on camera. The Pentagon came out, made a statement. They called it a deliberate criminal act. And I think it's also important that we realize this was a deliberate criminal act and yeah. not the actions of a whistleblower who was going out there. Mm-hmm. Warned the American people about something that was going on. This is somebody who deliberately leaked this information. And as of now, that reason that we're finding he deliberately leaked the information was to impress a bunch of 12 year olds on a Discord chat or something to that effect. And so, naturally, you know, you should be objectively be able to look at this and go, this guy is a traitor. This guy leaked our sensitive documents he apparently had this top secret clearance along with a lot of other people um you know i'm not i, I don't know the process of a 21 year old getting this clearance but it seems like he had this clearance uh, apparently um but what does what does the republican party look to what's their first thing oh well what political party does he support uh, what color is his skin mm-hmm. what's his religion? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what religion uh that, that's the first thing that they look to and so marjorie taylor green kind of reveals the whole entire crux of her ideology by being a voice that immediately, immediately comes out not to applaud the United States of America for finding the leaker, for arresting the leaker, um, not to condemn the leaker for damaging our national security, potentially damaging our relationship with our allies, causing distrust among our allies. No, Marjorie Taylor Greene took the side of the leaker. And here was Marjorie Taylor Greene's statement. She said, Jack, Jake Teixeira is a white male, Christian, and anti-war. Let's just stop right there on the first sentence. That has nothing to do with any of this man's crimes. And as we've seen from everybody like Greg Abbott the other day to Marjorie Taylor Greene right here, it seems like they want to now overtly say, we always know they've done this in the past structurally, right? Or, Or they've done it in more subtle ways. But the Republican Party is now openly saying he can't be guilty of anything because he is white, male, and Christian. If that's not giving away the game, then I don't know what does. And that's only the first sentence. It gets worse from there. That makes him an enemy to the Biden regime. And he told the truth about troops being on the ground in Ukraine. Ask yourself, who is the real enemy, a young, low-level guardsman or the administration that is waging war in Ukraine, a non-NATO nation against nuclear Russia without war powers? So that's Marjorie Taylor Greene taking the side of somebody who was a traitor to the United States of America. Um, And by the the way, way, she's on she's on the Homeland Security Committee. She's on the Homeland Security Committee. So she has access to our our top secret information. She has access to classified information as well. And you could thank Kevin McCarthy and the Republican Party for giving her access to that information. And that's why, once again, it's why voting matters. It's why you need to keep the pressure on Kevin McCarthy. It's why we need to vote out all these Republicans, because you have people who are really, like she she said, ask yourself who the enemy of the country is. Look in the mirror, Marge look in the mirror at every step of the way, at every opportunity, you support our enemies and you support the people who do damage to this country. It could not be clear. And there were a whole host of other voices, these MAGA influencers online, who immediately rushed to this guy's defense. And you could guarantee they would not have done so if he was not, as Marjorie Taylor Greene said, a white male Christian. They would not be rushing to his defense if that was the case. It's all about, in their mind, justice is for The other people, uh, people who get arrested are not white. People who get arrested and prosecuted are not me. They're not Christian. Nope, that's not the people who get arrested. The other Mm -hmm. people get arrested. Mm -hmm. But if you're white, male, and Christian, and if you are on our side, if you believe what we believe, then guess what? You get a get-out-of-jail-free card.
0: That's why I read this quote often on uh, the Midas Touch podcast and on other shows that we do. And I ask our listeners and our viewers, Can you identify who was the person who said this quote? Let me read it. The government is afraid of the guns people have because they have to control the people at all times. Once you take away the guns, you can do anything to the people. You give them an inch and they take a mile. I believe we are slowly turning into a socialist government. The government is continually growing bigger and more powerful, and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against government control. And I always ask, I said, who do you think said that? You know, and sometimes people go, oh, did did Marjorie Taylor Greene say that? Did Lauren Boebert say that? Was that a quote by Paul Gosar or Jim Jordan? I say, no, it it was Timothy McVeigh. It was a quote by Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, um, who killed hundreds of people. That's who the quote is. Um, And I I read that quote because Timothy McVeigh is one of the most horrific terrorists in the history of, 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 of our country, in the history of the world. Yet Timothy McVeigh, who killed 168 people, 19 of whom were children, sounds identical to the way MAGA Republicans... Speak right now. They would have him a hero today. Uh, he, he is exactly their bait. Like th- that is who the MAGA Republican Party is. You know, and 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 I think I I, I want to mention that point here, Brett. To your po- you know to what you're saying there too is that this MAGA Republican Party, it's not a normal Republican Party. These aren't conservative people. They're not. there's nothing that is conservative about these views. And I'm sick and tired of large media networks doing the both sides thing, right? Oh, on the one hand, you got Democrats, liberals, progressives, and then on the other hand, you've got conservatives, uh, Republicans, and you know, there's extremes and uh, all extremes. It's just you know, just two two political parties. Let me
1: give an example right now, as we speak right now, as we do the show. Bill Barr is on CNN, so let's, yeah. let's just put that in perspective for a second.
0: Yeah. And and they want to normalize the behavior. But by the way, You know what if cnn wants to do that there's a reason that more people watch the midas touch network more people watch the midas touch podcast than watch bill Barr on cnn frankly that you know it's like okay cnn you know as you continue to alienate your viewers and frankly as all legacy media and large media networks alienate their viewers by gaslighting people people are like what are you talking about like okay this republican party these people are insane these people are fascists. These people are traitors. Stop feeding me a diet of gaslighting media. I, I I'm not going to be gaslit. I know what you are doing. Stop it. And the media is not stopping it. And and you know, and it's why we got to speak the truth. It's why we got to speak about democracy. It's why we got to call out these traitors and call traitors traitors and call fascists fascists and draw the contrast here's what DeSantis is doing. I know media, you love to get on the DeSantis fascist train. Who's the next fascist you could line up and normalize? You did it to Trump. You want to do it to DeSantis. Who's next, right? But meanwhile, you have an incredible leader in Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, right? who you barely even hear the media talk about at all, passing incredible legislation that protects people's freedoms, that makes the state truly an incredible place where the Democratic Party is actually delivering for the people. But the media doesn't talk about Gretchen Whitmer, right? The media focuses on, let's just hoist up again DeSantis and talk about, oh, DeSantis is making a power move with Disney, a power move by what? By, by by have being so sensitive, you know, well, to the fact that Disney Wanted to do a policy that, that, that's I got the us.
1: perfect, you know what, Ben? I got the perfect example for you right in front of me. So I, 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 have to re- Also, I started laughing before because I have no idea when Jordy changed to a white t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> at, some, at, at some point, Jordy swapped into a white t shirt. I wanted to
2: fit in and I I'm, wanted to, I, I wanted to be with the brothers. I'm apparently not very
1: observant because I just realized.
2: Uh, by the way, Ben, Ben, you could just told Ben, Ben, Ben still hasn't realized. Uh,
1: but this article I saw, this tweet I saw from Politico earlier, which is exactly to Ben's point. Let me read you how Politico framed. And by the way, I think there's a lot of really great journalists at Politico. I think their legal work is, is great. I think they do a lot of great things. But this this ex headline right here is one of the issues with, with these organizations. This is how they described Ron DeSantis passing a near total abortion ban in the state of Florida. Something that is not only so draconian and something that is so hurtful, to women across the state and across the country but is also proven to be demonstrably a bad move that loses future elections for the republican party but this is how politico described it i quote florida's republican controlled le- legislature voted today to ban most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy a key policy win for ron desantis ahead of the 2024 elections if that right there doesn't sum up the horse race nature and how everything is just judged by a win and a loss, and it's a, a big policy win for DeSantis, this is going to be great for him in 2020, which it's not even going to be great for him in 2024. But the fact, the very fact that it's framed like that, it just, it makes me, it, it makes me so angry to see things are framed like that. Like, and it's that's
0: why so the, no, I, and look, the most important part of the Midas Touch Network, it's the Midas Mighty. It's all of you who are watching this, all of you who are listening to this, because this isn't just a sterile network, right, that both sides the issues. We certainly don't both sides the issues, right? This is a movement that is led by you, unapologetically pro-democracy. We refuse to be gaslit, and we love our country. We love our constitution. It's not performative BS. And we do it by our conduct each and every day. You know, by trying to just be a compassionate, decent, hardworking, intelligent human being. That, 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 that isn't, that should not be, oh, that makes you a leftist. That makes you this, that makes you that. But you know, in in today's in today's day and age, you got the Republican Party that they're the ones who have politicized essentially everything, right? I mean, they're they they're 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 pro insurrectionists. They you know spread pandemic conspiracy theories. They sing songs with the January sixth choir. They post QAnon memes. They say racist and hateful stuff all of the time, like. I, I, I want to be a part of a movement that just says, no, that's not a political win. That, that is hate. That is something that is disgusting. And that is something that we should and will continue to call out. That's why I love this pro-democracy movement um, that is created by you, fueled by you, powered by you. And I'm just honored to be here and, and to do these live shows each and every day with different co-hosts but particularly this one where i get to spend time with my brothers who i love and we get to we get to talk and and chat about issues and and just spend this time with all of you who we love and and who you know who, who are responsible for this movement like you're the stewards of this movement so after you watch this with the knowledge that we all talk about together here. You know, spread it, you know, you know, tell people about the show, share it on social media platforms, let your friends, neighbors and colleagues and everybody know, hey, look, here it is. This is where we like to talk about. We love our country and we want to make it better and we love our Constitution and we want to improve things and we want to have sensible conversations. That, that's this space. And also remember that the pro-democracy community is far bigger than these MAGA extremists. They, they may be loud and obnoxious and relentlessly evil, but there's much more of us. And ultimately, we all want to live in a country right where love prevails and where humanity and compassion and intelligence, those are real virtues and those are real values. And when you stand on the side of those values, and most importantly, the value of truth Th- that's so key. And that's what we focus on here. That's our mission statement. And when I say our, I'm talking about our, you, you watching this, you listening to this, you, you and I, you and us all together, we're, we're in this together. And it's such an honor to do this, um, this podcast with, with all of you. Um, you should check us out also, wherever you get your audio podcast. If you're a YouTube watcher, make sure you subscribe to the minus Touch podcast audio. That helps a lot. Also, if you're just an audio listener, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so that we've got subscribers on, on all those platforms. Um, also, you know, one of the things I mentioned, but maybe I don't mention enough, um, we're not funded by outside investors, right? The way CNN and political and all, they all have outside stakeholders, right? our stakeholders are just you. It's the might is mighty. So the way we fund these operations is not by outside investors. One of the main ways we do it is through our Patreon site. Um, And we have different memberships on Patreon. There's even one membership where you can become an honorary producer and your name appears at the end of the show right here. Um, And it remains, as long as YouTube remains, your name will always be on these shows in, uh, in, in essentially in perpetuity. And so you go to Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P A T R E O N dot com slash Midas Touch, M E I D A S T O U C H. If you can join one of those memberships, we just did a live chat on Zoom where we met with a lot of our patrons and we answered as many questions as we could. We're probably going to hold another one soon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so join that. You can meet us and ask us questions. Um, but again, no pressure. Don't join Patreon if, if you can't. So I don't, you know, w- it, just spread the video. Video, share the videos, but if you can, that is one of the ways, no matter where you are in the world, that you can help out, patreon.com slash Um, I also want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, and Jordy, before you sign us off, give another shout out to those sponsors, because they do help support this pro-democracy content as well, and we have really good sponsors that have really cool products that we wear, and that we like, and that we use, and that's why we have those sponsorships with them to share those with you. So check that out. Also, if you want to get Midas Touch gear, you can go to store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear. That's store.midastouch.com. And finally, I just want to say thank you um, for watching this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Midas Mighty. We love you. We're grateful for you. And I and I want you to know just how important you all are um, to us and to this uh, movement. Jordy, you want to talk about those sponsors and sign us off?
2: Absolutely. So if you're in the market for some great clothes, you got to head over to Roan. Roan.com slash Midas. Make sure you use the promo code Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S. That's the way they know that we've sent you. So if you're in the the market for clothes, that's the one to go. If you need a composter, but like the best composter in the game, you got to head to Lomi.com slash Midas. And again, use that promo code Midas. It lets them know that we sent you. We love you, Midas Mighty. Thank you all for everything. Until next time, shout out to the Midas Mighty. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com.